together. We ask, Lord, that uh, you would give us grace to, to receive all that you have for us this morning. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> well, this week, I want to thank you for prayers, too, because I was at Camp Medley, and I survived. So... Thank you very much. We had a, a wonderful week with our boys and girls. I think it was ages 6 to 10. And uh, I realized this week that I'm not as young as I used to be. And I can't go running around the fields and keep up with the staff, let alone these kids running around like crazy. And one of the things I've come to expect every time that I've gone to Camp Medley is that there are stories that make up the whole idea of Camp Medley. There's stories from 30 years ago. There's stories from two years ago. And every time we go, we add to these stories. And our experience of Camp Medley expands. This year, um, we went out on a really rough day in the canoes. And I stupidly said, yeah, I'll take a couple of boys out in a canoe. How bad could it be? It was bad. And there was white caps on the river and uh, we were just going out and, and not going too far, and, I, and that was okay. But then one kid went out in a kayak by himself. He went out beyond the dock, and he started to go down river, and he started to panic. And uh, so I called to the actual canoe instructor, who was ways away, and, he's, and he nodded, and I went after this kid, and I said, calm down. It's so the worst case scenario, we put you on the beach down over here and we have to lug your kayak back. You're not, you're going to be okay. He says, you're right, okay, it's okay. And then he realized the problem was he couldn't turn the kayak around because the waves were so crazy bad, but he could paddle backwards. So just like that, he started pushing backwards. And he went backwards upriver and then he beached the kayak and, and all was well. I, on the other hand had two kids in the, ca in the canoe, and they decided that it'd be more fun to splash each other than to paddle. And we were down way, way below the, the dock at that point, and I went into drill sergeant mode and ordered them to get those paddles in the water and start paddling with me, and we barely made it back. I was on the shore with an asthma attack, praising the Lord <laughs> that we made it back safely. But that's one of the stories that's going to be tucked in my medley file folder, and, and that's a good thing. In the epistle today, Paul's letter to the Ephesians, there's a file folder that Paul was, was unpacking right at the beginning, and it was not just about a little summer camp, it was about God's plan of rescue for all creation. And the passage was really long in that it's one sentence. The whole thing, 14 verses, is one sentence long in Greek. And fortunately, the English translators had mercy upon us and broke it up into sentences. Otherwise, I think Ben would have passed out trying to read it. Just one breath. But what's happening here is he's recalling the story and praising God because he's now, in this letter, he's looking at the role of the church now. Now, my friends, we have had a very uncertain 17 or 18 months. And if we think that we're going back to normal in the fall, we've got to give our heads a shake. We don't know what's going to happen, right? We just don't know. What do we do in this uncertainty? We remember the story. 
we immerse ourselves in the truth of God's word and we can say as we do that we can say we think we got it rough right now what would it have been like for Christians when Rome fell right or what would it have been like um, through apartheid as a Christian as a black Christian what would that be like all this stuff that our brothers and sisters have added to the file of what it's like to follow Jesus in, in troubling times we can have access to that but we begin with God's word so let's let's take a look Paul begins with praise be to God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing we have a reason to praise even in uncertain times even in difficult times because God has proven time and time again he is faithful so Paul praises God first because he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight at this point you might say how could a loving God choose one people and reject another people what's the deal with that and I think that you know as humans when we choose something we have to reject another thing it's just the way of it but that's kind of the wrong starting point a better question to, to bring this passage is, what did he choose them for? What did he choose them for? I had, a, I, when I was at Crandall University, I heard two friends debating about how important it was to be saved. And one guy kept saying, are you saved? Are you saved? Are you saved? And then the next person just said, you know what? Saved for what? What am I saved for? And that's the question. What are we chosen for? And it says here we are chosen to be holy and to be blameless, to be in full relationship with God um, and, uh, and adopted, I know Eva doesn't like this, to sonship. <laughs> but it's to receive an inheritance alongside Christ, which is in accordance with the pleasure of his will, which is glorious. What is that will? To see the world set to rights to see that heaven is established fully here on earth. Why are we chosen? Not because of us, but because of God's desire to partner with us, right? To bring in his reign. What are we chosen for? So it says here we are holy, which is to be set aside for a purpose. We are in line with what Jesus is doing. We have been adopted and we have a foretaste of what God is doing because of the Holy Spirit. And so we can celebrate the incredible love of God for the role he has called us to perform here in earth. Now, um, do any of you play chess? Any, any, yeah? Do you really? It's on. Yeah, I love chess. I'm not good at chess but I just love to play it. I think it's a wonderful way to uh, spend the afternoon. Um, so, Jeannie, can you go to the next slide? There we go. So that's, that's a typical chessboard. Pretty exciting. Um, can you go ahead one more? Do you know what that is? That's four-player chess. Right? That is crazy fun. Uh, so what happens in four-player chess is that it's it, one way you can play it. You can play teams, like a two against two. That's boring. If you play everybody against everybody, that is fun. And what happens is that if you are able to get an opponent into checkmate, they take their king away, 
and you get two armies. And you get to, and then I was playing this with, uh, with the family a couple weeks ago, and it came down to Isaac and me, or sorry, Colin and me, and I had three armies against his one. <laughs> oh, it was, it was a good time. Uh, but that's, that's basically what Jesus is doing, is that he is operating within the world, and as we come to faith in him, as they're given that gift, he absorbs us into his will. And he basically says, let's get on board here, and I have chosen you to be a blessing to those around you. I have chosen you to bear light in darkness. I have chosen you to sow seeds of love where there is discord or hatred. I have chosen you to bring peace and justice. All the beautiful things that characterize the the reign of God, he has chosen us to embody as his church and to carry that out to the world. Now, why is it that when people hear that you're a Christian, they went, oh, great, or I'm really sorry for swearing, didn't mean to do that, didn't know you were one of them, yet don't judge me, in other words. How has it come to that point? Perhaps it's we've been very focused in the past as the church of who gets in and who gets out when that's not our role at all. That's not our concern. Our concern is, Jesus, what is your will? Reign in my life and let me be an instrument of your healing presence in this troubled world. The fact that we are Christians living in a neighborhood should be really good news for our neighbors, whether they be atheists or Wiccans or Hindus or whatever. That is really good news because we want to be the embodiment of the love of God for those around us. So yesterday we were in uh, in Moncton, <laughs> and uh, we we bought we went to we were getting ready for camping, so we went and bought a few things at the Bass Pro Fishing Shop. Have you ever been there? It's the old Crystal Palace. Holy cow, it's intimidating. There's so much stuff there. And uh, afterwards, we rewarded ourselves, and we took the kids to Centennial Park. We had a great time, and then it was time to go home. So I'm a guy, and I don't need directions. (laughs) Okay? Because I used to live in Moncton, and nothing has changed in 20-plus years. Not one thing. So we're heading out of town, and I, and I knew I knew that the highway was that way. And I also knew that the way to get that way was to go that way. Does that make sense? It made sense here. <laughs> anyway, I got a little turned around. At one point, I said, I'm going the wrong way. And Kimberly said, yes, you are. And I said, but I think I need to go that way. And she whipped out her phone, and she went on Google Maps, and she said, yes. Go that way, and then turn that way. And I said, okay. So we get there. Now, that destination, to get to the highway, that's where we were going. So when we talk about predestination, though, it doesn't mean every single step we make is preordained by God. Otherwise, we would be robots. But we had to get there, 
and I had to find my way to get there, which I think was creative, and we got to see parts of Moncton we wouldn't have otherwise, right? It all worked out in the end. We have been chosen before the foundation of the earth has been laid. God chose us to be the embodiment of his blessing in the world around us. And our calling, no matter what our job is or what we're doing right now, our calling is to reflect the love of Jesus to those around us. This week at camp, I, when I was te- teaching in chapel, there was, you know, you're looking at people and you say, well, that person's getting it. And that person is not. Right? And one of these kids was angry all week. Angry, angry, angry. And at the end of the week, we, we have an opportunity to last chapel to say, what did you love about camp this week? What are you going to really take with you? And this angry kid got up and said, I loved learning about Jesus in chapel. It was great. And I also liked canoeing. And then he went and sat down. And I thought, what? Because that one was the one doing this the whole time, every chapel. You never know. Our calling to reflect the love of Jesus does not depend on the reception we receive. That doesn't determine our calling or the fact that we are chosen for this purpose. Jesus is the one we are to focus on. Faithfulness to the calling is to be our heart's desire. And what God chooses to do with it, that's out of our hands. What is the story of your personal faith with Jesus? Have you taken time in the past year to reflect on it? how you've grown in your, in your relationship with Jesus? What is the story, the graced history, you might say, of St. John's Church? What were the, the hard points, like buying an organ? Or, or maybe choosing to move to this new building? How did God lead our church through those times? What is the graced history of our diocese? I mean, we go way back at the beginning, Bishop Medley's vision, build a church every five miles so people could walk to church and do morning and evening prayer. That was a long time ago. We're in a very different world now. How do we honor our history in a very new and different context? What about the Catholic Church? What about the story of salvation? These are important questions. And we have the time now that Fredericton shut down for the summer. (laughs) We have the time now to immerse ourselves in the written word, to reflect on our personal story with Jesus, our church's story, and to say, we don't know what's going to happen come September or next week. But what can we learn from the file of faith? What can we take out of that and say, how do we move forward? And it is my prayer that we move forward in step with the Holy Spirit to fulfill our calling as we were chosen and predestined to do. You were called for this time, to this place, for the people you encounter every day, every week, This is who we are. 
And until we're called home, that's what we're called to do. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness. And we pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to reflect your glory in the particulars. But Lord, as we, as we come into this place of unknowing, we thank you that you are the God who knows us and has called us. So reign in and through us and be glorified in your church at this time and in this place. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.